0: You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. This is our prayer, Asbury. We sing this together, that Christ would be poured out here and that we would encounter His Spirit together. And so, uh, Encounter Series, is this an incredible banner behind us do you guys do you guys love this yes thank you tori mckinley for an awesome design thank you thanks um, logan and libby for leading us uh an in incredible singing this morning uh, it's great to be here on the third day of the semester and so back in june My eight-year-old son, Isaac, and I went to a Cincinnati Reds game. Any Reds fans in the room? Yes. Come on, Reds fans. Well, um, they were playing the Astros, so our Texas roots meant that Isaac was cheering for the Astros, so you can deal with that, but the Reds had three home runs that night and swept The Astros in that series, so it was a great three-game series. Uh, The Reds had victory. Eight-year-old Isaac is a massive, crazy baseball fan. So he went to the game totally ready. He had glove in hand, his orange Astros jersey on, and of course, to match that for some reason, he wore red and black on his Texas Tech cap, and... um, he was ready to catch a home run. So we were sitting like in the second row of left center. We were in a, in a great place. And in the eighth inning, Alex Bregman came up to bat. And so if you're a baseball fan, you know that he was in the home run derby. So the odds were good. And so uh, watch what happens. How often do you get your home run catch captured on video? (laughs) It was a stellar moment. Did you see the guy in the front row that missed it? It like (laughs) bounced off his hand. It went over, it hit Isaac in the head, and it fell in his seat. (laughs) That glove was paying off, you know? (laughs) I'm thinking that there's like 20 people descending on that seat, and I look, and there's a baseball, and I'm like, buddy, there's your ball. It was a stellar moment. He was five times more excited than I've ever been in my whole life. (laughs) And so he's got this baseball in his room. We went to the guest services at the Great American Ballpark, and they print out this certificate that says, Isaac Hasloff caught a home run from Alex Bregman. So it's marked forever. It was a fun, fun day. The home run was this absolute surprise and yet isaac was absolutely ready for the home run it was such a fun moment so we're starting the book of acts together this semester and it's been fun to hear from you guys how exciting uh this looks as a new series for us today is our first of 13 weeks and uh we're talking about encounter so Most Mondays we will have in our our encounter series, and there will be two or three Wednesdays sprinkled in there like today. And just as you heard from Bethany and Hayden, uh, you'll be able to follow these chapels uh, with the time to dig in and gather at 9 o'clock on your floors in your hall, Uh, except tonight you get a bonus gather on Wednesday. So uh, spend some time with your SLAs, your RA, and that that community as a floor. This book that we're digging into is also known as Acts of the Apostles. It's actually volume two of one book, and in your New Testament class, you learn those things, that this was one book written by Luke. So it's filled with Jesus' followers living out the kingdom of God. A third name for this book is Acts of the Spirit of God. I haven't heard that name much, but you can hear the truth it speaks. So, after preaching across the stories in the book of Acts this fall, in the spring semester, we want to dig into what does it practically look like for the Holy Spirit to be present in your life? How does that play out in the day to day as a Jesus follower? So, as we jump into scripture today, If you would please stand as we read and hear the word together. Whether you've got a Bible app or or you're holding a Bible in your hand, we're in Acts 1 and we're going to read the first eight verses. So hear the word. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And while you're standing, since this is our theme verse, verse 8, let's corporately speak those words together, if you would join me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that as we hear your word and open our ears and our heart to your word, that your spirit would make it come alive. Father, today, fill us with your grace and your truth and your power. In Jesus we ask, amen. You can be seated. (laughs) Encounter, to come face to face, to experience, especially in an unexpected way, kind of like Isaac with a home run ball. There's an encounter. So is there such a thing as preparation for an encounter? Can that happen? Because with the apostles, I think that's what we see. Encounter happens on this journey rather than just a sudden random surprise. Jesus had invited these Jewish guys to follow him. They spent three years absorbing the teachings of the kingdom of God and then they stood after these world-changing events had just unfolded in front of them the crucifixion of the messiah the resurrection of jesus and they they had these moments these encounters with him across 40 days post his resurrection and then a cloud took him out of sight so jesus had said to them don't leave jerusalem until the father sends you the gift He promised, as I told you before. And if you read that in other translations, Jesus said, Wait. Go to Jerusalem. Don't leave the city. Wait. You don't get a home run ball without waiting for a home run. That's why some of you, that's why some of us, some of you aren't baseball fans because baseball is this long, slow game. So, when it comes to waiting, Steve Deneff says that many of us are fidgety. Is that true? Do you experience yourself being distracted and fidgety in the middle of waiting? We don't really, we don't really do it very well. So how were these followers of Jesus prepped for this massive arrival of the Holy Spirit? They did what Jesus had directed. Did you ever find yourself in the place that you just need to do the last thing he said? Well, they were doing the last thing that he said. They were praying, they were waiting. They were waiting and they were praying. They had listened to him. And so when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, during the Feast of Pentecost. Maybe they were surprised, but they they were ready for something. They were surprised, but they were in this posture to receive. And some of you remember, we're living in, in this moment between two feasts, that the Feast of Passover when Jesus became the Passover lamb we're living between that moment and the feast of Pentecost which takes place 50 days after Passover and so then you can kind of do the math that Jesus spent 40 days appearing to disciples after the resurrection he asked them to go and to pray and wait and so you can kind of Imagine that a week, 10 days later, the feast of Pentecost arrived. And as we dig in next week to Acts 2 and to Pentecost, it didn't happen without the apostles, without those followers of Jesus waiting. Where's your secret time that you're waiting? How, how are you in some posture of waiting for what God has in store for you at Asbury on your journey here? Is your waiting filled with the kind of prayers for what the Father has promised that your life would be filled with the very Spirit of God, the same Spirit that rose Jesus? from the grave. They didn't have a random encounter with the Holy Spirit. I wonder, as we kind of debunk some of the things that we may have just held on to, if we somehow imagine that this event unfolded like spontaneous combustion, that the coming of the Holy Spirit was just random, And they just tripped into it. I wonder if it could be better described as both unexpected and masterfully orchestrated. And maybe, just maybe, they received the Holy Spirit when he came because they had been praying for the promise of the Father. They were moving from one encounter to another. So, this semester, the preaching team uh, for this encounter series is aiming to cover some major encounters that, that unfold in Acts for us. The Holy Spirit coming when, when Peter preached, and the church multiplied from 120 to 3,000 by 25 times in a day. Across this book, Believers are filled with boldness. They they encountered conflict in redemptive ways in this book. Saul became Paul in this dramatic, dramatic conversion. The good news broke out from the Jewish world into the Gentile world, which meant it broke out into the entire world. There were entire families that believed and we're saved in Acts, you find that truth challenges power structures in the book of Acts. In just a brief number of decades, the church is born as this unstoppable force for good, that people are filled with the Holy Spirit, and that they're living the good life, exactly like Dr. Brown laid out for us on Monday. So we hear Jesus unfolding the purpose of the Spirit coming. You can start in John 1, and you actually hear it from John the Baptist. The one on whom you see this Holy Spirit descend and remain is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then you know... The story of the Samaritan woman, of seeing her come to know the Messiah as she stood in front of him. And Jesus said, The time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. This is who the Father seeks to worship him. And you come to the end of Matthew 28, you hear the Great Commission and Jesus is saying, go into all the world with the good news. And he says, be sure of this, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And Acts is the fulfillment of Jesus being with us that God the Father and God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is with us and he has come to be present. As we begin this series together, I wonder how encounter alters our expectations. In the Gospel of Luke, He portrays Jesus living out the kingdom of God. You hear it in Luke chapter four. There will be good news that is preached to the poor. He is proclaiming that captives will be released. The blind will see and the oppressed will go free. That's who Jesus is and he lives out the kingdom across the gospels. The book of Acts is filled with the apostles living out the kingdom it is filled with the believers living out the kingdom and it's filled with Jew and Gentile and many living out the kingdom this entire book is the kingdom of God in motion and you could say that acts is not necessarily focused On theology. It's focused on what life looks like immersed in the kingdom of God. It's it's experiencing God, is what we're invited to in this scripture. And in the midst of that, the disciples had one of their moments, one of their bad questions Jesus, are you going to restore? the kingdom to Israel that after his resurrection Jesus continues to teach about the kingdom of God and the disciples kept talking about their own kingdom they were still looking for a political kingdom that Israel would have its power restored and their purpose was skewed and what Jesus was there for. That even in the midst of this post-resurrection time, the disciples were focused on the wrong question. Their encounter with power was altering their misplaced expectations. They were missing it like you and I can miss it. And like an encounter with God comes and corrects and refines and points us back to the crucified one who has overcome death. Then they ask about time and dates. They were totally missing the purpose. They were looking for information as if They needed to lower their anxiety they were saying jesus can you tell us when because when political kingdom is restored we can look forward to that and jesus essentially said that power doesn't come from information you cannot find power with a google search even though we're tempted all the time that power comes from the Spirit. That dunamis power comes from this relationship. And that power comes from an encounter. As we launch in Acts, it's very clear to us of how promise is being fulfilled. That the Holy Spirit came that power came from receiving the very spirit of God and that verse 8 brings us into Holy Spirit encounter it's it's dunamis Dr. Brown talked to our staff a couple of weeks ago as we were talking about uh, being commissioned to serve this campus That this word dunamis is is where we get our word dynamite. That it is that kind of power. It's force. It's miraculous power. And dunamis almost always points to this new and higher force that is entered and working out that power in a lower world. The world where we live. power, and purpose. That he comes to fill us that we may be a witness. That being empowered as a witness, it comes from the transformation of encounter. Encounter can totally be this disorienting experience. Mostly because reorienting reorienting around the kingdom is so drastic. It's so, it's so all-consuming from orienting us to another life. This word witness, in Greek, it's martous. Many of you know that word where we get our word martyr, that one who bears the witness bears witness by death. That for the follower of Christ, his apostles had sat and listened, take up your cross and follow me. That we are marked with his death. What about more familiar words for us? "With With great power there must also come Great responsibility. Where do those words come from? We've got a little Spider-Man action. Most often attributed to Uncle Ben, speaking those words to Peter Parker. And maybe even predating Stan Lee and Spider-Man were the, Luke's, were the, were the words of Luke 12. From everyone to whom much has been given much will be required. The witness that is across this book that we're diving into, it's word and it's deed. It is preached through Peter when thousands come to faith and it's visible through John and through Peter as they pray for the crippled beggar at the gate beautiful to rise and walk in Jesus name and so the Holy Spirit moves across this book in that way witnesses for the gospel that will penetrate every earthly boundary from Jerusalem in the place that all is familiar to Judea in the place that less is familiar to Samaria and people that don't even look like you And are very different from you. And this gospel is made to go to the ends of the earth. Because there is nowhere that is a spot unloved. And that God doesn't desire to reclaim for his kingdom. And for light to penetrate darkness. The ends of the earth. The gospel moved from the Jewish world to to the Gentile world. Which means that it moved into every part of the world the promise of god is that you would be empowered by the holy spirit to live a life of faith that his purpose for filling you with the holy spirit is that you would be a witness that jesus has come to save that he has come to bring salvation and that there is purpose of the Holy Spirit's power in your life to live the good life, to live the life that is holy, to live the life that the Holy Spirit can and will make you more like Christ. That's the holy journey.